Thank you, Amy. Hello, church. How are you? It's really nice to see you. Um, you may be excused. <laughs> they're so polite, aren't they? Creative teams, they wait until they're excused. Um, it's, it is so wonderful to be here. I love this church. Uh, I had a flashback. I was trying to think. I was here a couple of years ago when we were doing some filming for State Conference, but um, I've been here many times, but I remember back in the day, I, I think Wiley and I were only dating early days, and the Globe team came and did like a worship night for you guys. This would have been like eight years ago. I was probably still sussing Wiley out, working out if he was good enough for me. And, you know, and then you see he's a drummer, you know, you see... Girls, we see men worshipping and we sort of go, oh, you know, don't we? It always softens us. So there's a tip, blokes. Be, the, be on the front row worshipping. <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a bit about me. I meant, to, I meant to send in a photo, but that's all right. You can stalk us on Instagram. No, don't do that. Um, <laughs> married to Wiley. We have a little 18-month-old boy, Jack. Yes, I, I didn't just eat too much pasta or something. No, um, we, we're having another boy, actually. We just found out, yes, which is very... Ex- oh, is that not good? Everyone's like, oh. <laughs> you meant to be excited for me. <laughs> I, um, it was nice meeting some of the women yesterday and a, a, talking to a few of them that are boy mums, giving me all the tips. So, yeah, we're going to have another boy in October, which we're so excited about. And, uh, yeah, we are the uh, youth pastors across um, Hope You See... Uh, we have about six campuses across the Hunter and Central Coast, you know, under the leadership of Mark and Darlene Church, who just love Darlene Check, who love this church, who love Ben and Ames, and they send their love. And I am sorry that while he's not here, we've had a um, big weekend. We've had our uh, regional sort of um, Youth Alive rallies across the state, and I got to be with um, some of your team. Was that Friday night? I can't remember. It's been a big weekend at um, Penrith Imaginations Church. And yeah, so we love young people. We believe the best days are ahead for young people in this nation. Amen. I refuse to believe anything else. Um, Anything else is garbage and lies. And the best days ahead. Our young people are passionate. They love Jesus. They're bold. And uh, so we, you know, it's just an absolute honour for us to um, serve the, the young people of this state. And... Yeah, I think that's all I need to tell you. I um, I did just want to honour your lead pastors, Ben and Amy. Do you just want to give them a clap? They, yeah, they, they're amazing. Uh, we have a long shared history, I was saying yesterday, of, you know, summer camps with this church back in the day and everything. And um, they are just the real deal. I mean, three kids leading a church. And um, Ames, as we're in worship, actually... Um, I really felt for you guys, the word I just had was authority. I just feel like um, you're going to step into a new authority. And um, authority is different to power, you know. <laughs> power can, if, you know, in the world, unfortunately, we can yield power and it's about sometimes squashing people and bossing people. But, you know, authority is different to that. It, it's, it's God-given. And it's about 
being able to speak things out and declare things and they happen. <laughs> and I really felt that for the both of you. Um, yeah, that's just the word I got. There's just going to be areas where you're going to, there's like a new authority and boldness where you're just going to start to declare and things just happen. You're just going to start to speak and what used to take a lot of work and energy, it's just going to be like stepping into this God-given authority of like, no, we speak to that situation in Jesus' name. <laughs> we speak over this community in Jesus' name and see things come to pass. So, um, I just felt to share that this morning. Can we just quickly pray for these guys? I know Ben's out with Huddy or something, but just reach your hand toward them. Father, we thank you for this family. We thank you for, that, for all that has come before, but we just declare that the best days are ahead. <laughs> and Father, right now, we just pray for a new level of authority, a God-given authority that comes from your Holy Spirit, that comes from just being so convinced, Lord, of what you wanna do in this church and community, that they will be more convinced than ever of that calling to your kingdom. I just pray great blessing upon their family, upon their children, upon their health. I just declare such a blessing upon this house, a city on a hill that will not be hidden, that is not hidden from this community. I just pray your blessing upon all the leadership here in the name of Jesus. Amen. Cool. Um, oh no, this happened yesterday. Let me just open my water. Sorry. I get so thirsty. I think it's a pregnancy thing. Okay. This morning, I want to talk to you about prayer. Everyone say prayer. You know, in Mark eleven seventeen, Jesus says, he makes this declaration about my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And it's something so interesting I've observed about humanity. Have you noticed that people are open to prayer? Have you noticed this? People are open to prayer. Uh, just last week, Wiley was telling me he uh, was at Coles or something and this little um, elderly lady sort of tapped him on the back and said, oh, can, can you help me? I need some help with my groceries getting into the car. And she had really bad back, really. So, of course, he went out and helps her into the car and he said, oh, he was like, just in that moment, he got that nudge. I need to, I need to ask her if I can pray. You know that nudge? Hey, I hope we're all getting that nudge. <laughs> and he just said, oh, could, could I pray for your back? And uh, of course she said yes. And he just was able to pray a prayer of healing over her back. And he just said, oh, babe, her eyes just flutter with tears. And they were just able to have this conversation about God and faith. And I think she had some sort of faith. And, um, you know, people are open to prayer. <laughs> it's amazing even when I, I was thinking that, when disaster strikes in this nation or things happen, that you'll even hear unbelievers or journalists on the TV or politicians say, you know, our prayers are with you. And it's, it speaks to this deeper thing if you think about it because we, we have this innate knowing that in those situations we need to offer more than ourselves, <laughs> you know, that uh, we need to offer something beyond us. And, you know, I think it really speaks to this divine implantation in every heart of, of eternity, of the spiritual. I love what Nicky Gumbel says. He says that prayers are tracks on which, on which the Spirit of God can move. What a great image. Bill Johnson says that when you pray for someone, it's like putting a bullseye over their head. It's like putting a mark on them. <laughs> Heaven, take note. 
I love that imagery. And a few weeks ago, I read uh, a quote on Instagram. I know, it sounds so silly, doesn't it? So much filth on social media, right? But now and again, you get something good from it. And um, I kind of remember who... Prayerlessness is costly. A.W. Tozer, I, actually I think it was Brooke Ligerwood that posted this the other day, another Instagram quote, but he said this, we go astray when we attempt to do spiritual work without spiritual power. Oh, man, that convicts me. So we're going to talk about prayer. And uh, when, I, I, when I was on a maternity leave with Jack, I was really fortunate to have about a year off work. And God really um, put this renewed hunger in me for prayer. It's a funny season, maternity leave, because as all the women will understand, in some ways you're more busy than ever. Am I right? <laughs> but then you've got all this sort of time. It was like, and uh, he just put this renewed hunger in me for prayer, because in some way I felt like I was doing less for church than I was than ever before. But... In some way, I started to, um, as I started to just pray and pray over situations in our youth ministries, I felt like, uh, yeah, that in some way, God was using me more than ever. And I just saw so many instances. I just remember while he was in this really big meeting one day and I was walking Jack and I, I knew the meeting was going on. You know when you get the like, stop and pray, stop and pray, stop and pray. Just prayed and he rang me afterwards and was like, oh, babe, you'll never believe like, just in this moment, God dropped this thing into my spirit and this happened and... And, you know, you feel bad, but after you've been a Christian for a while, for a while do you ever get surprised when your prayers work? <laughs> it's terrible. Lord, forgive me. But I was like, I prayed, babe. That was my prayer. <laughs> but, you know, I'm telling you that to say this. It is such a joy to watch the Spirit of God hover over your life. What a joy it is to partner with God in prayer. It's a joy. You're sort of like, oh, prayer. Yes, of course. <laughs> So I want us to read Luke 11, verse 1 to 13 today. It's going to go on the screen. This is Jesus' teaching on prayer. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, 
though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So I just have two points for you this morning. I think, I think it's two. Good. How good's that? Two points. We should go quick. <laughs> um, the first one is this. Jesus modelled prayer as a way of life. Jesus modelled prayer not as a duty, but as a necessity in his walk with the Father. And I've been thinking about this church. You know, if Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we? It sort of seems obvious, but you're like, if Jesus needed to, how much more do I? And I've been doing some, I suppose, research and looking at all the scriptures where it mentions Jesus' prayer life. And a few of them are going to go on the screen. We're just going to run through them because I want you to catch something here. Matthew 14, 23. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. Mark 6, 46. After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. Luke 6, 12. It was at this time he went off to the mountain to pray and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Mark 1, 35. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Luke 5, 16. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. You know, We don't know everything about Jesus' prayer life, but we do know these things, I think. It was regular. It was often in a secluded place. And it was lengthy. Now, I don't believe in formulas. Hear my heart. (laughs) Prayer is not a formula. Sometimes I wish it was. If it was just like if I just do A, B and C. It's not. I don't believe in formulas, but I believe in patterns. You know, I believe in godly patterns and rhythms in our life. And prayer has to be a rhythm in our life. I think that's what Jesus is modelling here. In one of the commentaries uh, on, on that passage in Luke, it says this. I think it was by, I've got Murray here. I think that was the person's last name. I don't know the first name, sorry. He said, Jesus never taught his disciples how to preach, only how to pray. He did not speak much of what was needed to preach well, but much of praying well. To know how to speak to God is more than knowing how to speak to man. Not power with men, but power with God is the first thing. So I just want to break down this this passage in Luke and um, we're not going to look at the Lord's Prayer. You know, you would have looked at that a lot, but really I want to talk about these last two metaphors or stories that Jesus uses to teach on prayer. Like what is he trying to tell us here? What is he modelling? And really that, that first story about the man that goes to his friend and asks for the bread Jesus is teaching us about boldness and persistence in prayer. You know, it says, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight? And the interesting thing here is that in the custom of that day, a whole family lived together in a one-room house. On one side of the house was a raised platform where they all slept. And then down on the ground, would it, where, down on the ground sorry, were all the animals Cows, some sheep, some goats, so forth. So there was, uh, there was no way the man could come to the door without the disturbing the whole household, which is really interesting. It's like this man knew if he came to his friend, he was going to disturb the whole household. Like he knew it wasn't a good time. 
Do any of you just get like a little bit of low-level anxiety now when anyone even knocks on your door? Anyone else? I'm a bit like, if that's not a parcel, like seriously. <laughs> I'm happy to open the door if it's Australia Post and I'm getting my parcel. But it's funny in this day and age, I think it was different when I was probably growing up even 20 years ago, like, oh, pop in, come over. And now I'm like, someone's at my door? How dare they? Like, don't they know they can text me first? <laughs> Hello, that's why we have phones. You know, um, and I just love what the man says inside. Don't bother me. I don't know, I was like, that really spoke to me as an introvert. <laughs> Any introverts here? Okay, you don't want to admit it. That's all right. You know, but it took a lot of boldness because it goes on to say, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. It took a lot of boldness for the man in the story to shamelessly ask his friend in the middle of the night. You know, he wanted that bread. He was desperate. Do any of you have that friend or that spouse who just embarrasses you a little bit because they aren't afraid to ask for things. Any, okay, so this is me and Wiley. Wiley is just very cleric, strong, assertive. And, but gosh, he embarrasses me sometimes. Like, you know, when I just remember one night we were at a restaurant. So, okay, paint the picture. I, I hate even asking for a doggy bag. I get so embarrassed. I don't know what it is. So I'm always like, oh, Wiley, you ask for the doggy bag. Or, you know, when you go to a restaurant and it's, Busy, and you sort of have to be a bit assertive to be like, work out like, you know, is it, what's the system? Do we get our own seat? Do we have to ask for a seat here? And he's just so like, he's just unashamed. I'll go up and, um, you know, hey, what's going on here? Can we please get a seat? And I'm just like, I don't know. I just hate asking. I just, oh, it embarrasses me. And I'll never forget. I can't remember if we were married or dating, but we're at this restaurant having dinner. And you know when they come around and ask you, how is everything? I just always say, good. Like, it could... It might be the worst meal I've ever had, but I'm too scared to say what I really think. Anyone else with me? I just, like, I just don't want to cause a fuss. Like, and I'll just never forget one day while he goes, actually, it's not very good. <laughs> and I was just, oh, like, so embarrassed. I was just like, and I'm like, babe, you don't say that. Like, are you aware of common society and what's... <laughs> Did you grow up in the same society as me? Because no one ever says that. But he's like, no, no, I've, you've got to tell them the truth. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> you just carry on with your meal and you don't go, go back there again. Maybe write them a bad review later. Um, I know, but, you know, he's not afraid to ask. <laughs> you know, and, and the amazing thing about this text, it says... It says, because of your shameless audacity. Now, that word in Greek, it's, so, it's such a weird word, but it basically means a lack of modesty and respect, shamelessness, cheek, and without embarrassment. You know, Jesus, by using that word, he's really trying to prove a point here. He's saying, when you want something enough, you will ask. When you want something enough, you will have the, the audacity to ask. And God delights in our passionate persistence in prayer. It isn't that God is reluctant and needs to be persuaded. Our persistence doesn't change God, it changes us. 
Our persistence, it doesn't, it's not about changing God, it's about changing us, developing in us a heart and a passion for what God wants. You know, I um I shared a little bit of our story yesterday. I won't go into it all, but Wiley and I had a really big journey to have children. We had about a five-year battle with infertility. And um, you know, five years, it's sort of a it's a long time to pray for something. I mean, I say that respectfully because some of you have been probably praying for something for years and decades. And But I look back now and see how our prayers changed during that time. You know, you sort of start off like, oh, yeah, this is going to happen for us. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to have kids and pray. And then you start to like, you sort of get into that journey and your prayers become pretty desperate. Your prayers become pretty desperate. And then they become a little bit wobbly, like, is this going to happen? And then like you get your faith again and you're like contending for it and you have your promises. And then like, as often happens, I find you go through this season where you have to almost, um, you know, there's a time to contend. Then there's a time to rest, you know, and surrender. And I remember going through that season. And But here's the interesting thing. I look back on that time and see how much it changed us. I, I see how much our God used our prayers to change us and to reveal more of his heart. Because this is the thing about prayer, church. You know, true prayer reveals to you more of the heart of God. You might not walk away with what you want or what you want in the timing you want, but you walk away knowing more of who he is. And I'm convinced that's the goal. I'm convinced that without those five years, I, you know, I have such a greater depth and understanding of the heart of the Father because I had to draw on something of who He is during that time. I had to understand more of His heart. And that's what prayer does. It changes us. Amen? Thank God it does. Thank God it does. And the second point is this. Our outlook on prayer is influenced by our viewpoint of God. The second metaphoral, metaphoral, I suppose, parable that Jesus uses here, he's talking about a father. And he's trying to remind us of the nature of God. He's reminding his disciples of the nature of the father they are praying to. And I want to encourage you this morning. You know, sometimes I believe there's a blockage in our prayer life and it points to an issue or something, an unbelief we have about the nature of God. Do you believe he is good? Man, that's a big one for all of us to settle in our hearts that he is good. Because something happens when you know and believe he is good. You pray with a confidence and an assurance. James 1, 16 to 18 says this, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. I might get the team up, actually, or the keys or um, whatever you want to do, Ali. Um. <clears throat> so important to, in prayer to know you're approaching a father. 
I think this is one of the biggest keys to know that you're approaching a father who ultimately wants your good and wants your best. And um, who knows that kids teach us lots of things? <laughs> Children teach us lots of things about the heart of God. And um, so my Jackie's 18 months old. He's not saying many words yet. He likes to point and go, uh, uh. And I'm like, hey, I know what you want. <laughs> but um, I've just been watching him like when he asks for something, even though he can't talk, he points or, you know, they do that little grunt and that little thing that they do. And um, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, Jack is so confident in my ability and willingness to meet his needs. He's so confident. There's no sort of, have you noticed this with kids when they ask for something? There's no shame. There's no like hesitation. There's no sort of like, oh, mum, if you could maybe help me do, like, and the, the way I can only, the only way I know how to describe the face that Jack gives me when he wants something, he's, he just gives me this look like, why wouldn't you? Well, why wouldn't you, mum? Come on, you're my mum. <laughs> Where's my dinner? <laughs> and you're sort of a bit like, righto, buddy. But like, he gives you this face. Why wouldn't you? Because he's so confident, he knows who I am. He actually knows the nature of his mum. He's like, she's here to meet my need. <laughs> she's here to look after me. Why wouldn't she look after me? And, you know, I just felt in my spirit when I, when I realised that in this moment, it was like God was saying to me, Beck, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? Because it's the nature of a good father, church. <laughs> I'm here to tell you and remind you that, you know, it's almost like we've, we're calling on His nature in prayer. Like a child comes to a parent, I need this, I need you. You know, we're calling on the nature of a good father. Why wouldn't he? And yes, I know, I know. Some prayers don't get answered. They don't get answered in the way we want or the timing we want because, you know, we live in the tension of the now and the not yet between heaven and earth. But, you know, I just feel like there's a boldness that God wants to impart as a child of His. And, you know, I think sometimes we overcomplicate prayer <laughs> and that's, you know, we, we get a little bit uncomfortable with our relationship with faith, don't we? Because a lot of us were being taught not sort of the correct theology or, you know, maybe you've been told, well, you don't have enough faith. Of course you don't have enough faith. Who has enough faith? <laughs> Faith's not about us. It's all dependent on who He is. Faith is a gift from Him. What does the Bible say? If you have faith as small as a, come on. No one has enough faith. You know, if you've been taught that theology, that's, that's not right. It's not about your size of faith, your level of faith. It's about who your faith is focused on. <laughs> it's about who your faith is in. Jesus. So, you know, I want, to, I want to remind us this morning that it always comes back to childlike faith and assurance and a confidence in the nature of the one you are praying to, in the nature of a good father, a good father. So you just close your eyes this morning. I'm going to close and... <clears throat> I just, I just 
believe that God does want to deposit a new boldness today, (laughs) a new assurance. Some of you have let go of prayers. You've given up on prayer. And the Holy Spirit, He's just here this morning to remind you, no, no, why wouldn't I? (laughs) Why wouldn't I want to give you good things? I'm, I'm your Father. I'm your Father. Every good and perfect gift comes from me. So if that's you this morning and you'd just like me to include you in this prayer, if you feel like, oh yeah, I, I need that fresh deposit this morning, I, I feel that stirring and that conviction to ask again. <laughs> Would you just hold out your hands in front of you and I'd love to pray. Beautiful. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, you see every heart this morning. Oh, Lord, you know the needs of your children. You know, Jesus. So this morning, I just pray for a boldness, for any barriers, Lord, for any blockages or unbelief in their heart that has stopped them from asking their Father. Right now, we release those. In the name of Jesus, I just declare something would break open. That prayer would be as natural to them as breathing air. It'd be such a natural response to the love of a heavenly Father. Lord, for this church, that it would be a house of prayer. That it would be prayer first. I just thank You, Lord, for every family. And I just declare, Jesus, that this will be a season of breakthrough, of prayers answered. And we agree together, we agree that You are a good Father who gives good gifts. And let's just keep our eyes closed for a moment, church. And we just always wanna give an opportunity to respond to Jesus for the first time. To respond to the Gospel. You know, if you're here and you've never said yes to Jesus, you know, we believe that Jesus came to earth, he lived, he lived a perfect life. He died on a cross and He rose again to bridge the gap between us and God. That Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And that a life with Him just begins with a simple yes. Yes, Jesus. I'd love to pray for you this morning if you've never made that decision. If something's drawing in your heart and you're like, oh, I've actually never said yes to Jesus being the Lord and the Saviour of my life. Just while every eye's closed, would you just raise your hand and we're not going to embarrass you or we're just going to say a simple prayer this morning if you need to make that decision. If you need to make that decision, we'll just wait a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful. Well, I didn't see any hands raised, but please come and speak to me or Amy or any of the team if you know you would like prayer for that this morning or prayer for anything. You know, we're we're really open to that. And um, yeah, beautiful. I'm going to hand back to Amy, I think, or the team. I'm going to hand back to the team. 